Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I think I feel like it's another ass comment, but Jason Jason just called you on your bluff and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. Je suis Aldwin. <laughs> we we try every week to be your entertainment. We try to offer you insights, witty repartee about le tennis. <laughs> and sometimes we try to offer you predictions. And we think uh, to ourselves, we have a podcast that means we <laughs> are pseudo experts in the sport and that our predictions might ring true. How wrong were we? I mean, on the scale of wrongness and rightness, we were probably close to 100% wrong. <laughs> <laughs> our predictions did not bode well. Um, no. No. They, they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't lis- listen last week, we did a little partnership with Miles yeah. from uh, Missing the Point. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. And we each offered our predictions. I'd have to go back and listen to see how close Miles was to his own predictions. But mm-hmm. um, we didn't really do a good job. We did not. Um, I just want to take you back, Jay, to the day that we recorded with Miles. And on a scale, since we're using scales so often at the beginning <laughs> of, our, of our own show, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident with you about your picks, men's and women's? You know, I think what we'll learn um, later as we get into our discussion is that you can never be fully confident in your WTA picks. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I hope uh, everybody agrees with that. Uh, that's pretty clear. Um, mm. I felt uh, more confident with the men's picks, although, you know, there were certain names that I was unsure about. One name that I was surprised went out so early was Casper Rude. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. I mean, he didn't throw in the bag, though. He didn't throw in the towel. He was there till the bitter end against Bruno's new name. Those of you that listen to our podcast, I've now <laughs> named Bruno, Bruno Davidovich Fikina. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you felt you felt good about your picks last week. For the most part, like I figured Federer would lose out. So we can we'll be talking about that. Um, <laughs> I thought Karatsev would do a little bit better. I was surprised he lost to Cole Shriver, but, you know, mm-hmm. good on him for making the third round. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think we're all surprised that after not winning a match ever at the French Open, we have a quarterfinalist in Daniil. Yeah, I mean, if there's a running theme that we can this French Open to have it's il y a plein de surprises 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's lots of surprises. <laughs> so many surprises. The other surprise uh, in his post-match encore interview was his French-speaking skills. I was shocked. I, you know, they just do it so well over in Europe, Asia, Russia with the multi-language learning. I mean, he must have picked it up pretty quickly, I guess, living in Monte Carlo. But right there, you I go. was impressed. So yeah, yeah. it's. Um, some surprises, some not so surprising results, but WTA is always full of surprises. Yeah, you know, when we, we, we joke about it on the show week in, week out, about how, you know, ladies could have a such a seesaw, love six, six love, seven six match. But when you actually look at the stats, and, you know, this week's episode, our stats are our picks versus what the reality is. My, I mean, I guess we're going to go into it. Maybe perhaps we can start with the women. Of the eight quarterfinalists that I selected, guess how many I got correct? (laughs) For the men or for the women? For the ladies. Well, I assume looking at mine, (laughs) I assume you and I got the same one right. I only got one and I assume you only got one. We both got the same girl right. Yeah. On on three, ready? One, uh, two, two, three. Iga. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I didn't pick Bedosa. I was so sure that you you picked Bedosa. That's how much we listened to each other. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. I did not. I thought you picked Bedosa. Oh, how could I? How could I? forget that you you love yourself Samiga. I pit well she was in the Bedosa was in the draw with um Bianca and Vondrasova. Remember you right. made this whole right. you made fun of me for choosing Vondrasova <laughs> to make the quarters. Yes. And who did she who did Bedosa beat? Bedosa beat Vondrasova. There yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we that's, that's funny. I thought we had picked who did you you didn't pick Iga? Babe, I didn't pick Iga. Iga is in the bottom part of the draw. And why who did no, where is Iga? Iga's she's in the, in the, part the, of the draw. she's in the middle she's in the top half uh with Goff. With Goff. I think I had her lose to Is she like top top with Barty at with Barty or she's in that second she's in the second section so not with Goff ah. but yeah I think I had her losing to Mugu gotcha right because yeah. you had picked Mugu to win the trophy and Mugu yeah. go out that first round yeah like I'm trying to make like a funny joke using her name but I can't, I can't think of one <laughs> <laughs> she lost one and four so how do you want to break this down do you want to start with we've already jumped into the women so we might mm. as well we might as well go there. We all we both got one name <laughs> of the quarter <laughs> of the quarter finalists, and as we alluded to earlier, that's just how the WTA seems to roll out. You think there are players who are in form, and they can't pull it together for for the the big tournament. Yeah, should we give our listeners just a rundown of what the actual quarterfinal draws look like for the women? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so. Um, the quarterfinals are set exciting tennis Jason and I have watched our eyeballs full of tennis over the past week and three days whatever it is 
So the first quarter is Goff versus Krejcikova. Then you've got sh- uh, our girl Sakari. I have to apologize to her because I did, I did not expect her to go this far, and that's my fault. I really <laughs> want to apologize. This is my first apology on the show. Um, Maria, we've loved you for a long time. You've followed our <laughs> stories. We've had some engagement with you and Tom Hill. We would love for you to come on our show, and um, I know the chances of that are a little bit less because I didn't pick you to make the quarterfinals but you're there now and um, maybe I'll pick you to be the winner oh stay tuned (laughs) might be a little too late a little maybe a little too who was who sang that Jojo a little too anyway I'm not gonna get into it (laughs) sorry okay so Zachary versus Sviantek Ribakina girl where'd she come from Mm -hmm. what was she oh Ribakina pardon Ribakina All of the commentators on NBC, Mary (laughs) Carrillo and John McEnroe, I hope you're you're pronouncing it correct because you have been saying Rabakina. Yes, we're following your suit. Mm -hmm. Rabakina versus Pavlyuchenkova. Again, who would have guessed? Who would have thunk it? But a juicy one. I'm looking forward to that match, actually. Mm, That'll be good. And then the last match, Zidansek versus Bedosa. Another juicy one. Looking forward to that. I I have watched less Badosa, to be honest. I've watched more Zidansic because I've seen a couple of her matches against Canadians earlier mm-hmm. this year or late last year. And she obviously played a Canadian in the first round. I took out my other quarterfinalist pick, Bianca. Yeah. And now she's a quarterfinalist herself. Number She's like ranked 70-something. Uh, Bedosa. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zidansic. I oh, think Bedosa. Yeah, I think Bedosa's like in the 30s. Yeah, to me, Bedosa, I mean, I think I was the most confident, believe it or not, about Bedosa before, while, while making my picks for the quarterfinal draw. She's the only one that I got correct. And she had a thriller in Manila against Bogdan. But I mean, just a quick rundown because all of our listeners want to know. Um, <laughs> one out of eight for me. Bedosa is the only girl that I got correct. Um, the other, my other selections, Barty withdrew against Magdalenette. She had a problem with her um, hip, was it? Mm-hmm. It was a hip injury, yeah. Mukova lost to Stevens in the third round. Stevens had a phenomenal tournament. You know, people thought she was starting to like work her magic, but. Unfortunately, she got obliterated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> JPEG lost to Kennan. Uh, I thought, and that was a very tight match. Uh, JPEG lost 6 4 in the third. Mugu, okay, this was the shock of the century for me. Mugu, girl, what happened? <laughs> I, I picked you to win the whole damn thing, and I thought with your, um, you know, your re, you know, your re, your concentration, your purpose, you're um, just getting back on track that I thought you would take it all the way, but you lost to a, I mean, Kostyuk played extremely well, but that's not a first round. You should be losing girlfriend. I didn't even get to see that match. I think you told me before I got to see it that it, she had lost. I was like, okay, I don't need to watch this. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, it's round one. You have to make choices. Eight choices. Exactly. <laughs> there's only so many hours in a day. <laughs> yeah. Especially in round one when there's like probably 32 or 40 matches a day it's too much yeah and 
Okay, so next, Serena, who I picked to face Sabalenka, lost to Rybakina, uh, fourth round, who played a f- beautiful match. And Kudermatova, I was actually really shocked. She lost to Sinyakova. Again, Sinyakova made the semi in Parma, so she came into the French with a little bit of steam. But those were all the girls that I chose that just bowed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was probably. close. I was close. close. I mean, you know, Mertens lost to Sakari. Mm. Um, yeah, I had Mukova going through, and she lost to Stevens, and Barty withdrew. Bianca, that match was uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, they both played really well. Um, it wasn't like Bianca um, wasn't playing well. It's just, th- I think that there were two tiebreak sets, and um, and then the third set was nine seven. So, yeah, you can't be all that mad that you lost that first round match I mean it gives her a little bit more cred that the girl she lost to the woman she lost to is now in the quarters mm-hmm. you know and if I remember correctly Jeannie beat Zidansek in I feel like it was in Istanbul she beat her within the past year so yeah. you know you just have to think about what matchups look like for each and every player and she's improving. She, one of the commentators said that she likes to consider herself an all-court player. She can, you know, slice and chip and um, come to the net. And she's just proving that she can play, which I don't, you know, she's not a name that people are familiar with. But hopefully she continues to play well because she's cool to watch. She's fun. Yeah, I mean, I took a look at when I was preparing and, and put the quarterfinal um, women's matches all together. We, the only player that is a former Grand Slam champion, champion is Sviantek. Mm-hmm. And she won it last year. She's like fresh off the boat. Yeah. So this is, to me, this is hyper exciting because, you know, I always love when we get a mixed bag of like, players vying for French Open it you know nerves come into play you know I I just think it's so exciting that any one of these women can become first-time Grand Slam champions I was really excited to see Cuckoo for Coco Goff I wanted to see (laughs) this match with Jabour I thought it was going to be competitive but Cuckoo locked it down she locked it down are we going to talk about that match now we can get into it a little later um, what do I you mean, think? Yeah, let's just do it. I mean, I thought it would be a bit more competitive. Um, you know, Jabour has made like one or two finals, but has not really been able to put it all together. So I thought it would be a bit more competitive. But Goff is just hitting so cleanly mm. um, with control and power. She seems quicker on the mm-hmm. court. Um, and she's clearly more focused uh she isn't sort of getting frustrated the way she used to and maybe she doesn't have reason to because she's playing so well uh and the pace on her serve is crazy yeah i mean i watched that entire match jabour is crafty kathy from tunisia i believe oh Mm -hmm. gosh from tunisia she's got a lot of tricks up her sleeve she's got a really great drop shot she knows when to come in at the right time. She's got a great forehand and backhand. So she's versatile and can play from all parts of the court. But, you know, again, in just preparation for this podcast, 
I was thinking about all the players that managed to get to the quarters and Coco again I keep I keep on wanting to say cuckoo <laughs> Coco is ready girl mm. she is ready I mean to your point she is as swift as ever she's up on that ball you know the drop shots that Jabor tried to kind of mess Coco up with this match where they looked even though they were short and had a lot of spin Coco was just right off the bat like very good at anticipating and she looked like she was focused the whole match like you can tell she is peaking at the right time and we we talked about this with Miles like Coco is the girl other than Barty in that quarter of the draw that is the that is the girl to watch and she's proving it I mean like I think Crazy Kova is going to be a hard girl to overcome especially because she has a lot of momentum on her side but i mean that top draw is oh it's good (laughs) it's a good one i yeah it's just you know you talk about players peaking at the right time and everybody else we picked we picked for that reason because we thought Mm. they would (laughs) (laughs) like sabalenka for example yeah didn't quite didn't quite go- get there. <laughs> she lost in the second round? Or was uh, it the third round? She Sabi lost in the third round to Pavlyuchenkova. Right. Right, because Pavlyuchenkova took out Vika in the fourth round. Yeah, having a um, good tournament. Another one of those players who has underachieved in her career. You Okay, you told me this stat the other day. Share with everyone that crazy stat that you heard about Pavlyuchenkova. Yeah, so I heard it... Um, and it's being borrowed from another tennis podcast. Um, uh, but they shared from their podcast, and I heard through somebody else, that she has beaten 37 times a top 10 player, but she has never once been a top 10 player herself. She's like, is she the Dementiva of, uh, of this generation? <laughs> I mean, Dementiva at least made it to the top 10, but I mean, she is lethal, Pavlyuchenkova. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's takes the ball early um, in that match against Vika. She she sort of slipped um, in that second set, but mm. took hold um, after, and and now we have her in a quarterfinal against Rabakina. Yeah, I mean, oh gosh, Pavlyuchenkova I think has clearly has the most experience of the eight women that are in the left in the quarters. This is her best shot her best shot at really solidifying herself in the you know tennis hall of fame and uh, getting her her french open but a girl ain't gonna be easy <laughs> i know because <laughs> because she, she's going against Rab- rabakina rabakina who Wait. had the match who had the win of her career okay before we get before we get into that match question for you in the match against <clears throat> vika I that was a match I unfortunately did get did not get to watch. I only watched like the extended highlights of it on YouTube, but it was tight. Obviously, the first two split two sets were split. I saw that they were on serve in the third, something like Vika was serving one two or something mm-hmm. like that. And Vika didn't win another game. She had some kind of dispute with her coach, and then all of this news and kerfuffle about her complaining about the nighttime session at the French Open. Did you hear about this mess? Yeah, I think they're unrelated. I think Ah. she was just asked a question um, at her post-match press conference that led to her bringing up some of those issues about 
women not being featured in the in the night session which i didn't really see it as a big deal because it seems like it people were finding uh, having challenges finding the federer match on tv and <laughs> there's no fans there anyway but you know it's it's sort of considered prime time so i kind of get it from that perspective but um i think she was frustrated seeing pavs um, box cheering for her and nobody cheering for <laughs> and her, Vika and nobody in her box cheering for her um, and so she asked uh, I think it was after she got broken at 2-1 or 3-2 she asked her coach to leave <laughs> so oh, he shit. left and then she didn't win another game after that but it was a really good match up until that point. Jeez what a shame I mean you know all of you know these Former Grand Slam champions, I'm thinking about Vika, Mugu, Serena, you know, as they worked their way through the draw, third, fourth round, y'all saw, y'all saw it on our social. Like, this was their opportunity as the seeds started to fall to really get one more slam in that closet. I, I look to Vika to be one of those players, but, I mean, just goes to show you that mental toughness is everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one little kind of dispute with your coach can send you off the rails and you know no french open for you (laughs) i don't i mean yeah it's it's tough i don't know if if there was something else going on there with her physically um but she did seem to get frustrated with the fact that there was no cheering for her uh that was coming from her box and yeah she didn't win another game after that but you know pav who had taken the pedal off the gas or the ga- the foot off the gas <laughs> that's dangerous <laughs> yeah take she took her foot off the gas in the second set um put it back on in the third so yeah okay so what about you didn't see the serena rabakina match i did not see the full serena rabakina match again extended highlights over here y'all don't get mad at me don't at me on instagram <laughs> um i'll give you my impressions of the match though Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard from the commentators that Rebakina obviously is super talented, but hasn't risen to the occasion yet in her WTA career because she can get a bit nervy and uh, she can spray the balls. But I mean, I obviously highlights do the player that won a lot more justice than the player that lost, but she just looks so self-assured. You know, you're facing the GOAT um, fourth round, uh, I'm not sure how well Rabakina has done in previous slams. Probably not as good as this one. And she just looked very composed and measured. I think that's the best word for me to use. All of her shots were just so measured. And she didn't go for too much, but she executed super well. What was, what was your kind of take on that match? Yeah, I think your summary is really good. She, um, If she had any nerves, she wasn't. Uh, letting them show um she broke serena i think four times in the match and um got broken back a couple of times but she she maintained her composure throughout the match she hit more winners than her she has a really um solid serve and was putting serena out of position and serena was making um, a few more errors than i think she obviously hoped to um Mm. in the match and that was just forced i think by Rabakina's good play (laughs) and uh, we've talked about this before but players don't have the same fear uh, in playing her that they used to so uh, that's that 
thread is continuing and you know it's unfortunate for Serena fans because they'll have to wait for another few weeks for so- another opportunity <laughs> sorry Miles sorry Jonathan <laughs> we, we we were watching your insta stories and we know that you were devastated I mean it, it couldn't have helped that you know on our social I posted I posted something about Serena and I did I think I posted something about Serena in terms of like could she be working her magic again? Like, are we having, you know, a Serena Williams comeback moment where the stars are aligning? And so I think, I mean, obviously we weren't the only podcast to be doing it, but people were feeling that this was going to be a potential 24th slam and it was snuffed out real quick. (laughs) So sorry about it. Yeah, that, that is true. I mean, um, you start to sort of see how the draw opens up and are the stars, um, aligning and mm. you know you can't you can never discount any player on any given day and she took uh, she took advantage she held her nerve and played amazing and uh, as Mary Carrillo pointed out she tends not to have uh, a reaction after a big win and she had like zero reaction she had like the um, Karatsev reaction <laughs> funny that you should say that was going to be my next comment you you just defeated the goat at a slam you're right she had zero reaction like girl aren't you happy at least one little bit like come on you can give a little fist pump but i mean i think that that's very i i like and i mean it, it depends uh, if she had gone kind of all the way and dropped her knees and cried sure maybe that would have been cute but you know i also thought this was very classy of her yeah it's classy she was obviously playing somebody she had had idolized i think that was pretty well known and you know you you win a fourth round match doesn't mean you win the tournament so maybe Mm. just temper your reaction even though it's you know the goat because you still have three more matches to go three more matches to go and that monsieur right that's the women's draw yeah do we don't want to do we want to just dive into who we think's going to win and then I think that probably makes the most sense. So our draws, our, our picks were completely effed up, obviously. <laughs> so Let's see if we can do better this time around. So I have, in the semifinals, I have okay. Goff versus Fiontek. Okay. And uh, Rabakina versus Badosa. Okay. And in the final, Sviantek and Rabakina. Champion, Sviantek. Sviantek, you're you're giving her the back to back. Yeah, you're solidifying our IG social platform post where we call her the fave. The yes, we did call her the fave, <laughs> and and you you said earlier that um well not earlier when on the show but earlier <laughs> when we were talking off off the show that people there there's a bit of blowback against Iga or they find her annoying. Yeah, I mean, okay. (laughs) So, you know, Jason and I, in our effort to extend the reach of our podcast, we have joined a couple of WTA um, Facebook groups. And, you know, we incessantly post, just as we do all the other Facebook groups that we belong to, our Ready Play Tennis podcast social posts. And when I posted the image of Iga, and her complete dismissal of who's her third round opponent again? She she had smashed. Forget. 
Okay. Can, can you do a little checky check? Yes. While, while we get into it. Um. Anyway, she was pulverizing her way through the draw, and I um said that she was the fave. I really felt like that after watching the highlights, and um, people, she was very polarizing. She, I mean. For us to get over 60 likes on a post on a Facebook group is a lot. Right. So it was like, wow, people are really for her. But girl, in the thread of comments, <laughs> people were like, anyone but Iga, not Iga, she's annoying. What? I don't find her, <laughs> anno- I don't find her annoying whatsoever. I mean, maybe there's a feistiness that can be an off-putting to some people, but annoying is not the word I would use. Yeah. Uh, so she beat Contavit. Six, six in love. Nettie. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. I think people, you know, she's young and she has confidence and she says things like after beating Pliskova love and love that she didn't realize that that was the score. And, you know, maybe they're annoyed that she works with a sports psychologist and she listens to Led Zeppelin. (laughs) Um, But I mean, she's 20. And she seems, I don't know, she seems kind of cool, so. Yeah, she did say in a post-match interview that she's coming, like, remember everyone, I won this. Like, she was letting everyone know, I'm not coming back as just any regular player. I've won a Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. So you you best recognize. You better that. recognize. <laughs> you better recognize. So her brashness gives me a bit of, like, Martina Hingis in that way, but... You know, I think that's the attitude you got to have if you want to pocket more slams. You know, whoever got more than one slam by being like, maybe I'm going to win this one. I, <laughs> I hope I'm going to win this one. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you know, someone who we know is going to win more slams, who is probably a good topic to discuss as we recap the, or end our recap of the women is Naomi who Oy. left the tournament after winning her first round match mm-hmm. um, it became a little bit of a hot mess uh, I think after the Grand Slams sort of you came know for it, her. It came for her a little bit and acknowledged that you know we appreciate your need to focus on your mental health uh, however there could be additional repercussions for you <laughs> skipping the press um what what are your thoughts on on all that i think you know we had expressed um some thoughts around her initial statement her secondary statement where she withdrew um provided a bit more clarity uh, she also, I think, in it acknowledged that she maybe could have done a little bit better in articulating mm-hmm. what it was she was trying to say. And then she sort of poured a little bit more um, in terms of what she's going through and uh, the anxiety of, of that has developed and, and maybe been um, continued following her U.S. Open um, match with Serena in 2018. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the... Um the social media world they just everybody's got an opinion right mm-hmm. so like this became a complete uh hullabaloo of opinions and um ideas and beliefs and it got very very muddy but you know uh, ha- having read through and sifted through and thought about just the entire naomi osaka situation here's what i think you know i'm glad that she clarified with that statement after which she withdrew she could have clarified she 
I think the lesson here is that whoever is on her team needs to do a better job about providing more information to the press about her decisions, especially this time around when it came to withdrawal, because the tone of her initial statement was like, bitch, I ain't doing press. That was a tone, okay? And that's a tone that I received. Mm-hmm. So obviously people are going to get their backup, you know, the Grand Slams, um, sponsors and whatnot, you know, and pegging Naomi as a certain kind of, like, difficult person. But in her statement, when she made the clarification, you know, there was much more understanding coming from me about her personal situation. Fine. Um, do I think at the end of the day... Like, listen, mental health is something that's extremely important, but it's very difficult in her position to, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, to ride the fence, right? Because you've got, you've got all the possible resources at your disposal. It's not to say that you can't have a mental illness and cannot suffer from depression or anxiety, but... You know, I think that whoever you surround yourself with needs to do a better job of communicating what your needs are and making sure that that fits with the myriad of sponsors and the sport in general that not only support you, that love you, that want you to do your best. So, you know, it's just it was a knee jerk reaction situation. And I think her statement clarified that a lot. But moving forward, you know, if mental health is such um, an important topic to be addressed in the tennis world, then it needs to be addressed within the parameters of what it means to run a tennis business. You know, I think, sorry, I feel like I'm rambling on and on. Just one last point. You know, yes, again, mental health is important. But at the same time, you know, this is the beast that we've created. This is a business. And, you know, were it not for people like Billie Jean King that took opportunities to speak to the press on a daily basis after her matches in the 50s and 60s, you know, women and I, even men, like the, the, the worldwide profile of tennis would not be where it is had players not taken the opportunity to promote it. So all that to say, happy for Naomi, hope she recharges, but girl, get a better team. i think what we what we all know is that um tennis is better with naomi playing yes uh she's uh, an amazing player an amazing sort of ambassador in her own way and i guess what she is still figuring out is how to do that in her own way Mm -hmm. um i agree that i think she needs some assistance with um the ways in which she sort of communicates those things because she obviously um sort of realized in hindsight that the way she was communicating that message was was maybe not uh, the best i think she a lot has happened to her in a very short amount of time and she's only 22 or 23 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like the sponsor relationships all of those commitments um and you know we talked about we did a whole episode on that particular match and i I can't imagine there wouldn't be, you know, impacts from that whole experience uh, being on court and, you know, having people uh, booing um, for a situation that was not of your making while you were clearly beating 
your opponent in the mm. match and not sort of having the same first Grand Slam experience that other players have had. And, you know, thinking back to what Jonathan said about how her, you know, post um, trophy present post match trophy presentation at Indian Wells was like a hot mess. <laughs> so clearly she has some of that sort of social anxiety and she's had um you know there's whole youtube clips you can see of her press conference interviews where she obviously is adored and they ask her you know fun goofy questions so there's a whole there's so many layers i think to it but the the main thread of it is that um i think she's taking the time away that she needs Mm -hmm. and um you know a lot of discussion has been um, come come out in the last few days around the um, benefit of like the post match press conferences and you know how they could be handled better and you know do players who lose these matches need to come because it maybe doesn't happen in in other sports so I don't know we'll see how it goes but um, it's opening up a conversation about mental health which is I guess never a bad thing yeah I mean what does it feel like to be down in the trenches I don't know but um, I I just assume that as a professional tennis player you know you're gonna earn some dollars you lose a match I mean how many times have I lost a match to you and not want to talk to you but you know I gotta drive you home yeah you gotta drive my ass home (laughs) and then then I'm like good job on that match you dummy (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But, um, you know, maybe we'll see her at Wimbledon, but I definitely would expect that we would see her back on the hard courts. Yes. Yes. So we did a little. Yeah. We did a little bit better with the men. Mm. I think we did. I mean, but going back to girl, going back to our original comment about WTA versus ATP, there are just some titans of the men's ATP tour that will never disappoint you. You know, unlike all my ex-boyfriends, <laughs> you know who you are. Um, there are just the big three minus one that right. <laughs> <laughs> that made their way to the quarterfinal. Um, how you want to break this? You know what? We started off with doing kind of a side-by-side comparison of what I, what I thought the women's quarters would look like versus reality. Why don't you start on the men's side? Okay, well, I um, I did a better job here. I got five correct, five quarter finalists. Mm-hmm. So uh, my correct responses were Djokovic versus Berrettini. Wow, that was a, you got the whole quarter. <laughs> I got the whole quarter, and uh, thank you, Roger Federer, for making that possible. <laughs> I really wish you would have withdrew a, a round earlier. To be honest, so that Kupfer could have had a chance, but we'll get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked Nadal um, and Karatsev, so I was incorrect there because we have Nadal versus Schwartzman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another guy that came out of the blue. Yeah, but good for him. Um, and um, sort of going down the draw, I had Zverev versus Rude, and uh, Rude was rudely um, escorted out by Davidovich Fokina, who is now mm-hmm. in the quarterfinals after beating the Argentine yesterday. Uh, Davidovich Davido- Fokina beat... Beat the Argentine. What's his name? Lefty. Lefty? <sighs> I forget Girl. his name. 
Okay, let me do a little, little You do a check little here. check. And then the match that I did not expect to be occurring is Tsitsi versus Medvedev. Well, I mean, you expected my ex-boyfriend to be in that quarterfinal, didn't I you? I did, but I didn't expect Medvedev to enjoy that pizza we offered him so much to make it to the quarterfinal. Del Boner. I mean, Del Bonus. Del Bonus, Del Bonus. yes. Del Bonus. <laughs> Fakina defeated Del Bonus. Yes. Yeah, you... Okay, oh gosh. Where... So five out of eight. Five out of eight is really reasonable. It's really mm-hmm. reasonable. I, I mean, I'm not going to go through everyone, but I got four out of eight. Djokovic, Nadal, Zverev, and Tsitsipas. Um, so I, for a total score, 16 possible players selected for the quarterfinal draw, I got five. Five. And I got six. So we both failed. We both failed. We both failed Tennis 101. French Open 2021 101. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, babe. I want... I. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Because there's a lot of just stuff going on yeah i mean the the matches that um were incredible one of them took place today it was incredible because i literally was watching it saying okay this is the guy like this is the guy who he's he's flashy he he's a shot maker um you know the backhand down the line when he's like outside the doubles alley is amazing Mm. he's got amazing hands um at the net uh so takes the first two sets seven six seven six okay and then oh god (laughs) loses you know runs out of gas my boyfriend musetti your boyfriend what the f Okay, I was I was teaching the little the little children today, and I had a separate laptop open with the French Open streaming on silent, and uh, you know I was just observing all of the you know gesticulations and like oh my god my boyfriend's doing so well seven six seven six, what had happened to him? Just you know, Djokovic turns it on. He only needs to turn it on for like two or three games and then it can be over against an opponent and that's sort of what happened I don't know if he was dealing with something physically because I mean how do you compete so well and like make so many great shots and beat Djokovic two sets um, Mm -hmm. like 7-6-7-6 and then you know lose one oh and then you know retire at four love in the fifth set like yeah do do we know what he retired of i mean does the player have to provide a justification for the retirement i don't believe so no he just he he literally sort of stopped moving in that fifth set he wasn't really moving for anything so he (laughs) he put all of his energy like every ounce of cellular energy into those first two sets you could tell yeah you could tell and he I mean, you and I were joking about it earlier. He literally ran out of gas. <laughs> no gas. No more gas. But a good showing for Musetti. You know, Djokovic being in the quarterfinal is not a surprise to me. I did not have Berrettini in that quarter. Um, but I think the juicy little story here is, I ha- you know who I had in that quarter? You had uh, Kupfer, I yeah, believe. Do you, know why, do you know why Kupfer wasn't there? Because he was beat in a match that few could find on TV <laughs> against Federer in the night session and completed competed very well, uh, lost in four sets. I think three of them went to tie breaks. Mm-hmm. 
And then that bitch withdrew. She withdrew. Can I just say, let me just say this. Soapbox, please. Soapbox. I have Federer's statement. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Quote. After two knee surgeries and over a year of rehabilitation, it's important that I listen to my body and make sure I don't push myself too quickly on my road to recovery. I am thrilled to have gotten three matches. Thrilled to have gotten three matches under my belt. There is no greater feeling than being back on court. I'm telling you right now, if I was Dominic Kupfer up at that um, hotel reading my Instagram feed and see that come up i'd be hella pissed would you, <laughs> so annoyed so un. would you not be hella pissed yes like babe you're going into a grand slam i mean i actually tried to research what legitimate reasons are for so i actually learned something new a withdrawal does not take place once you've started a tournament a withdrawal takes place if you haven't even hit a ball it's called a walkover. So Roger gave or had a walkover and com- took himself out of the tournament. Um, babe, you're heading into the French Open. Like, you're winning three rounds. And then you're listening to your body. I don't know. I think that is such... I think that is so rude to Dominic. Dominic left everything out on that court. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. And it is kind of a catch-22. What do you do as Roger? You want to get some match play in. Maybe you don't expect to get that far into a a slam on a surface that you really don't love. You're really prepping for Wimbledon. So do you not even enter the tournament? Or do you just do what he did and play a couple matches? And you're like, I'm bouncing out of here. You know? Was super annoyed. (laughs) Kind of expected it. He hinted at it at his press conference that, you know, he's going to consult with his team and make a decision. I think it's really a bit disrespectful to the tournament to do yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's dis- disrespectful. Yeah. It's just disrespectful. I think, you know, if he was preparing for the grass, why doesn't he just wait and play a tournament or two on the grass and like continue to just train on the grass i mean that's kind of what nadal did last year he chose not to do the hard court season not to play cincy not to play the u.s open so that he could gear up for the clay court which was Mm -hmm. in the fall so why not just do the same thing if that's your focus yeah, it's such a curiosity to me. I mean, isn't there that grass court tournament that's starting on Monday? Remember we talked about Zverev was like, uh, I'm going <laughs> to... The Mercedes Cup, yeah. The Mercedes Cup. I'm going to uh, say I'm going to play, but, you know, pending on how well I do. <laughs> <laughs> the French, yeah. I just, I agree with you. I think it's disrespectful. I think it's a disservice to tennis fans. Um, it's an absolute disservice and um, just a shame to to Dominic Kupfer. You know, and sorry, I just got to bring this in because it's rested on my mind for a long, for a while. We post, you know, you posted something on Instagram. Do you remember what account that was? You made a comment. It was the Tennis Channel Instagram. Tennis Channel Instagram. And some person responded with, well, Dominic can look back, 
you know, in the waning days of his career as a 70 <laughs> year old man and, you know, just be happy in the fact that he put everything out on the line in that third round match against Roger Federer and lost to one of the legends, you know, one of the, the possible GOAT. And I'm, and I responded, it wasn't you, it was me. I responded, I was like, <laughs> mm, I don't think so. And then, you know, he, you know, he responded back. He was like, mm, I don't think so. All you want. No, no, no. He's not doing that, sweetie. Like, first of all, you robbed him from some money. Let's be honest about that. You robbed him of some money. Took money out of his pocket. And more importantly to a tennis player, you robbed him of the opportunity of getting deep in a Grand Slam final. I'm sorry, deep in a Grand Slam fortnight. And I think that is such a shame. And, you know, I just think that Roger Federer, because he has a reputation of being a nice guy, being a gentleman, that he, you know occasionally gets away with such rude behavior because he's Roger and I th- I'm going to call him we're going to call him out on this one there is a bit of entitlement there that you know I can play this tournament I can get a few matches under my belt then I'm going to listen to my body and decide to withdraw it there is it's a bit you know it's a bit too much um yeah. I you know I think like many issues that happen in tennis this people were a bit polarized but I do think there's plenty more Roger fans who agree with his decision than um, there are people who would generally feel like um, it's not something he should have done. Well, they can all get a grip. (laughs) No, for real. They can all get a grip. And you can at us or at me. If Jason doesn't feel good, you can at me. All you like. (laughs) At at us both because I was so annoyed. And I I roll emoji. I roll emoji. (laughs) But now Berrettini is in the quarterfinal. Mm -hmm. So we talked about Roger. Um, The other person who got taken out in a wheelchair was Fritz. Poor Fritz. (laughs) My goodness. What did you say? You you coined a new tennis. <laughs> he was he was punctuated off the court, but Jason, it wasn't from exhaustion. But it was from a knee injury. A knee injury. Oh yikes! Jason is referring to the U.S. Open semifinal where Punctuai was facing uh, Caroline Wozniacki, suffered cramps, had to be wheelchaired off the court. For those of you that don't know, yeah. anyway, poor Taylor Fritz. Um, he has to have surgery, doesn't he? You just said that. Yeah, but he's going to try and play in Wimbledon in three weeks, which seems, I don't know, seems like a stretch. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so, babe. Hopefully he can make it back, but uh, I don't think that Wimbledon's going to happen. But No, can can I ask you a question about one, one player in particular? Mm-hmm. Schwartzman. I haven't watched any of his matches, but it seems like he's been rolling through. Four matches, uh, six, no, 12 sets. And he hasn't lost more than like four games or something like that? I mean, talk about someone that flew under the radar. I mean, he wasn't even on the radar. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And again, Schwartzman is a guy you and I both discussed last year, beat Nadal in... In Rome. In Rome. uh, Didn't uh, capitalize on that momentum. Kind of was just schlepping around with his little self. And uh, here he is in the quarterfinal has the chance to face Nadal again. But can I can I just say, let me just say a little something for a second. We haven't released this teaser. We did 7 billion teasers from last <laughs> year's episode. Last, last, last week's. Year, last week's episode. <laughs> One of the teasers we haven't released is called Respect Nadal. Respect Rafa. Babe, 
Rafa has been playing. This is okay. I want Jason to share with everyone. Jason, Jason, you're going to share in a moment your, uh, you you know your clear division of the generations of players. Oh, my comment, you know, before I hand the mic off to Jason, is that it doesn't matter what generation you are in. Rafael Nadal is going to toast your ass, <laughs> okay? Because he obliterated Gasquet. Goodbye. Uh, Cameron Nori, who we thought was going to do a little Sutton Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, three, three, and three. Like, in my mind, Nadal's like, let me give this guy a game at, like, five, two up so that it's an even score. Mm-hmm. Three, three, and three. <laughs> he looks sharp AF. Nobody can touch him. Period. Point blank. Go. Point, point blank into period. And he <laughs> took and he took out center today pretty easily as well. Baby, pretty easily. He got embarrassed. Yeah. Sinner did. What did Djokovic say a couple weeks ago? Um, he's He was talking about, there was some commentary about, you know, the the new generation and i think he said something like well we're the new we're the new generation like we're because we're still here Ah. we're still here so i mean that's sort of the whole point right like i what i said was there's been sort of three i mean maybe four but there's been three challengers to this big three generation so there's like the chillich raunich nishikori ilk um (laughs) Vavrenka's sort of in there, although he's he's more their age. Um, you know, only one of them has gotten a title. Um, my boy, um, Juan Martin is perpetually injured. He's only got one of those slams. So none of those guys have been able to compete. We have this new newer ilk of um, Tsitsipas team, Zverev, Medvedev. You know, there's probably one or two others there. They're able to compete with them, but as we've said before, not not seemingly in the Grand Slams. And only one of them has a slam, and that's team, and he didn't beat any of the big three. And mm. Djokovic hit a lines woman <laughs> in the throat, so right. that's why that happened. And now there's this new generation, and, you know, I was sitting there watching that Musetti match thinking, this is the guy. Like, he's he's flashy, he's amazing. Sinner is in the same category uh, you know, we have the Canadians, Dennis and Felix, and none of them are really doing anything because <laughs> they can't really compete with these guys. They still can't compete. Like, these guys are the guys. And I don't, you know, we keep saying it. This is the next generation. <laughs> and, you know, they're here, but they're not winning these big titles. Yeah, they, um, my comment to you earlier was that there is a different energy that these the big three have. Honestly, I'm gonna semi exclude um, Roger. I mean, Roger just by virtue of the fact that he has all of those titles under his belt uh, is included. But I'm specifically talking about Novak and Rafa. Like they are OCD next level, and I say that in a in, you know not in a mocking way, but they are so singularly focused on cementing themselves as the best in men's tennis they make all of these other players look like they're here for the for the free meal (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean straight up sorry like you're right jay all of the it doesn't matter what generation you're part of it it could be like a musetti who's put 
pedal to the metal for two sets. It could be Vavrinka that's hot for a season and a half. They just don't have the same staying power and dedication that Nadal and Djokovic and to a lesser degree Roger have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was going to say, and, you know, maybe we can foray into this a little bit as a kind of a discussion. I'm start, and I said this on last week's episode. Cece and Zverev, who are obviously in the quarterfinals, in the bottom half of the draw, it's, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it is true. They have stepped their P up at this French Open. You can tell that they want it. They're tired of having this, like, oh my God, you have so much potential moniker, right? Mm-hmm. And they are working their way through these matches against tough opponents, and they are literally blazing them. So I'm excited. I really think we're going to have like a clash of generations as you so beautifully set it up for us on this podcast of like, you know, can Nadal Djokovic um, continue carrying the mantle versus Pass and Zverev who are like, no, this time around, <laughs> it ain't going to play out like that. Like, I really feel like those two are stepping up. Yeah, this is the time like that. None of them. It's going to be one of those guys against Nadal because those three, mm. you know, Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic were in the same half. So right. it's got to be one of them, right? It's right. Sitsi, Medvedev, Zverev, or Davidovich, Fakina. Yeah, yeah. In the final. Yeah. In the final, yeah, exactly. And I watched Sinner. Sinner was able to compete for about 10 games in the first set lost <laughs> lost seven five that first set went down like four love in the second set so it's just they're not able to sustain and they don't have that relentless pursuit just yet i mean medvedev was close in that u.s open final going down two sets coming back trying you know going throwing things at the wall seeing what's stuck doing serve and volley like something he never does and almost won that match um in at the US Open in 2019. So somebody's got to do it. Like these guys are going to eventually, you know, they're they're both sort of 34 and 33 or Nadal just turned 35. So mm-hmm. somebody's got to take the mantle, but these guys aren't letting it go. No. Um perfect segue. Daniil, no one gave him a chance. ATP meme, ATP memes didn't give him a chance. We didn't give him a chance. Miles didn't give him a chance. Nobody gave him a chance. The guy came into this French Open not having won one damn match on the Terre Battue. The guy was won now four matches. Made a fool out of me because I thought that Apelka Medvedev match was going to be a popcorn match. So much so to so much so that I posted with the embarrassing title "Clash of the Titans" on our Instagram. <laughs> Baby, it was not a clash. Medvedev just stood back up against the boards, received that neutralized serve on the clay, and just worked his way in the point and dusted Apelka just like, I don't know. Help me out with a joke here. (laughs) Just like what? I don't know. Anyway, that match was really not anything. And I mean, it's funny how in a week and a half you can go from giving a guy zero shot at winning the title to like he could he could do something here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look like somebody who has struggled on clay. Like I watched the match against Garin. I watched the first round match too um, against Bulge. 
<laughs> and um, yeah, he played really well. I wanted to watch the Opelka match, but I didn't get to uh, to see that one. But yeah, I don't think he's also. I also don't believe he's lost a set. Yeah, Daniil's got something going on. So, I mean, it's not the draws that you and I both selected, but needless to say, I am. I mean. It's it's so funny to me that last year we were in a completely different realm in terms of COVID. I mean, to, obviously, to some degree, we still are. But the level of tennis has been so thrilling to watch. And I'm really excited to see how these draws unfold. What, what do you think is going to happen in this men's quarterfinal? So I still have Djokovic and Nadal making it through. And I still have Tsitsipas making it past Medvedev. I okay. think, you know, despite Medvedev showing his medal and despite having a 6-1 and one record against Tsitsi, I do believe Tsitsi will, will win this just from how much he's improved on the clay. Mm-hmm. And I do have Zverev going through. So I have uh, Tsitsi against Zverev. Djokovic versus Nadal, and I have a Nadal Sitsi final. <laughs> which is what I had originally. Yeah, I. Okay. Okay. Djokovic is going to dust Berrettini by Nadal Schwartzman. You know what? Schwartzman got, has got himself a pretty penny. He's happy to be there. He's not going to do jack shit against Rafa in that You don't quarter. think he'll win a set? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Djokovic, Nadal, first semi. Zverev, Davidovich, Fakina, same thing. You know, here's a first-class ticket back to Brazil. Glad you made it. Ciao. He's from Spain. <laughs> Davidovich, Fakina? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. I'm Brazilian. <laughs> no, he's, he's from not. Spain. Okay. Well, you can go back across the border and whatever. Bye. <laughs> um, ciao. Sisi Pass Mevedev agreed. Mevedev has had a great role in Garo. Sisi Pass is on fire after I slapped him, so Sisi's gonna make it through. I have those. The, I'm telling you right now, these semifinals: Djokovic, Nadal, Zverev, Sisi Pass will go down in history as the best semifinals at the as the French Open. Whoa, okay. I they are gonna be juicy AF. I know I said this last week with like all of my predictions for the quarterfinal draws, but believe me, this is going to be one to remember. Believe you me. Believe you me, girl. It's going to be good. Both are going to go to five sets. It's going to be lots of drama. I'm going to say Nadal takes it over Djokovic in five sets in the semi. I'm going to say Zverev is going to take it over my ex-boyfriend. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I think Zverev, even though CC has got like um, got his game face on, uh, Sasha looks freaking sharp. So I think it's going to be another five setters. Zverev is going to take it in the fifth set. And then that one is, this one's going to be for the for the history books. The final Nadal versus Zverev. Zverev is going to take it in five sets, 28-26. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be like, okay, now here, here, here she is. Wow, you think Zverev is going to arrive uh, as a new Grand Slam champion at the French Open against thirteen-time champion Rafa? I do, I do. I feel, I feel it in my nether regions. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to do it. Well, if you feel it there, <laughs> you feel it everywhere. 
<laughs> okay, wow. Uh, I did not see that coming. Um, <laughs> I think we will look back in a week and we will know that you are wrong again. <laughs> we wanted to close the show by uh, expressing some concern with our Canadian contingent. Oh my God. Um, What's going on? <laughs> so first off, we have Milos who came, made a stopover in Paris to get that check. Yeah. We have uh, Felix who lost to the Italian, Seppi. Seppi. Who's Seppi literally... played well. He played well. I watched that whole match. I felt like Seppi just like took an Uber from his house in Frick or, or something, like showed up and was like, okay, I'm going to play this match. Then... <laughs> <laughs> so he yeah. goes out in the first round. Mm-hmm. Bianca loses in a great match. So yes. she had chances, uh, lost. Fe- Felix won a set, but didn't really put up much of a fight against Seppi. That, that relationship with Tony is really working out well for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then our girl Layla, she made it the furthest into round two. Won her first round, lost to um, Madison Keys. So my qu- my question for you is: Is this a point where we should be concerned, or have we just been spoiled with so much, um, so many players with possibilities that we should just see this as a blip? Uh, I mean, sorry, can I just throw in there, you know, Jeannie, we love you. You are obviously, you always will have a special place in our podcast hearts. We wish you a speedy recovery in your shoulder surgery because we saw that on IG and mm-hmm. can't wait to have you back. Should we be concerned? Yeah, we should be concerned. Um, I mean, I don't think that our players, listen, Layla, I think, is putting pedal to the metal here. I really do. I think she is a workhorse, and I think she's thirsty, and I think she's hungry. I, I can't necessarily say the same for Dennis or for Felix, and that's not because I don't think that they have the drive. It's just that I really haven't seen the drive. Um, BB, you know, she's made questionable decisions over the past three to four months about her participation in tournaments posting IG stories saying that you're so excited to be here and then withdrawing 20 minutes later. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that there's a little bit of um, just kind of recentering and refocusing to do. But I think what where you're coming from, Jay, is that unlike in years past where we actually haven't had players with the potential to go deep in draws, we actually do. And they're just doing nothing with their... T- we're not not they're doing nothing, but they're, the results are not coming. And you're making it really hard for Tennis Canada over there on their IG stories to, like, you know, post anything exciting for, for, for people and Canadian tennis to... Canadian tennis lovers to, to support. Listen, we've got some really good doubles girls, and we don't give them enough kudos. Gabby Dabrowski, Shannon Fickman, you guys kill it in the doubles realm and we're so happy but you know we want to be happy for all of our Canadian players yeah I think you know you 
are wrong about Dennis not having the drive because you know he he has a couple Raris that he's often driving. Um, we we have to acknowledge that Dennis pulled out of the French Open because he had a shoulder injury, but he is now warming up at the Mercedes. So, how injured is your shoulder if you're skipping a Grand Slam to pay, play a 250? I'm not sure, but obviously, obviously he has his he, you know he has his eyes set on. Wimbledon perhaps and you know maybe did what Roger should have yeah I mean that that comes to mind immediately the the turnover between clay and grass is so swift you know you in the blink of an eye you're going from like slow to the fast like the (laughs) the fastest possible courts on earth so let's just hope that the results are better for our Canadians um for the for the latter half of the year i mean the one thing that i wanted to say jay in this in this episode is that you know with players returning back to some sense of normalcy uh, about the tour you know and not having played an entire full year last year injuries are starting to creep up as you would expect they would because they're not as trained and as conditioned um so maybe this is just you know a bad showing for canadians and once we start to get our groove going because i think we'll do much better on the in the hardcore season for sure Mm -hmm. yeah so we just wanted to you know say that we love you and we're just expressing a little bit of concern but (laughs) uh you know we have hope that bianca will play a few more tournaments if she can you know, get two or three days past that Instagram post post where you see her warming up on the courts. <laughs> and uh, we hope Raonic, uh, I think Raonic is going to be playing on the grass. Um, yes. So I think his body maybe experiences a bit more wear and tear on the clay. Um, mm. So, yeah, and Felix hopefully will win a match soon. And, you know, <laughs> De- Dennis made the final in Geneva. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, lost to Casper. Lost to Casper. So you know he he has an upside. I think more on the grass. So we'll see how all these all these folks do. And Jeannie come back. You know Vashik, who is in a bit of anger management. Hopefully he comes back Vashik, from Ber- that's... from Bermuda or wherever Barbados or wherever he's hanging out. Yeah, we miss you. All right, we've uh, we've got a lot more tennis to watch quarterfinals onward and let's see if our predictions ring true enjoy the tennis y'all bye au revoir we're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is but if you like what we're serving up please give us a five-star review and like share and subscribe and like such as wait one more thing don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and tiktok at ready play tennis podcast